listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Welcome to episode 86 of Cinemental. How can you talk if you haven't got a brain? I don't know. But some people without brains do an awful lot of talking. Then why don't you kiss me like everybody else does? How about new? The thing is, Bob, it's not that I'm lazy. It's that I just don't care. I came here like this so you'll know my word of death is true. And that my word of life is then true. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the movie podcast that we can only hope you enjoy listening to as much as we enjoy making. My name is Stephen Hovigy, and as always, I'm here with my co-hosts, Hassan Godwin and Lathan Conger III. Our guest tonight is a New York-based writer best known for creating Pop Candy, USA Today's award-winning pop culture blog. Her work has appeared in many publications, including Playboy, Slate, and The Hollywood Reporter. And she has provided commentary on Turner Classic Movies, MSNBC, VH1, BBC America, and many other networks. She's the author of several children's books, including We Make Comics, and she was the co-editor of Pandemics, Quarantine Comics in the Age of Rona. Whitney Matheson, welcome to Cinemental. Thanks for having me. It's exciting. She is also the long-suffering studio mate of Dean Haspiel. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, yes. I put on lipstick for you guys tonight. Aww. I haven't done that in many months. This is great. It's it's almost like I'm going out on a week. Wow, see? You get, you get, you get a, <laughs> on a triple date, uh, so to speak. Yes. Um, uh, so uh, how, was, uh, how, was, how was your week, just in general? Oh, my week? uh, Was it unlike any other week or just pretty much the same? Oh, God. Wait, it's Wednesday? Correct. How? how, Hmm. Oh, I'm I'm right. It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) It's just, it's crazy. I have an eight-year-old. And uh, so it's just very tiring because, you know, it involves like uh, trying to teach fractions sometimes (laughs) and then also trying to get some work done. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's going all right. All right Not good. so bad. <laughs> so, how, how, she's how are sco- you? She's schooling from home. Well, it's in uh, New York. Well, her school is two days a week, and it's shortened days, and every other Monday. So really, that's barely anything, right? You know. So yeah, she's sometimes in school, most of the time, just yelling and running around the apartment. <laughs> <laughs> it's fair enough yeah, <laughs> yeah. In, other words, in other words the rest of the time she's just an eight-year-old <laughs> <laughs> exactly but now is the, I'm, I'm curious just because i don't i don't have children now now are they doing like a like a almost like a like a program that you have to sort of help her keep up with or does she actually have remote classes that she attends via zoom or whatever oh well on the home when she goes to school that's good and normal and then on the the home days it's just kind of a list of assignments okay most kids that you know like i guess there might be some kids who actually do it on their own and are (laughs) pumped about it but like (laughs) at this point no. Yeah, by, by now they're just to... like, ah, yeah, I'll do it all on Saturday. What do I care? So, you know. Get to that when I get to that. <laughs> I've, I've just tried to 
sometimes I feel really proud and I work and I make sure she's getting it done. And sometimes I'm like, well, just screw it. It's just a miracle that we're all, you know, eating and uh, <laughs> just surviving. So right on. Yeah. I can, low I can, pressure. I, I, I dig it. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, I think we'll, uh, it's time that we all suffer from consumption. Yes. Yes. So uh, Latham, would you like to start us off? Well, sure. I don't have anything. I didn't watch anything last week uh, besides my normal shows with my daughter, uh, Forensic Files in ER, which we're going through from the beginning. And is your daughter four years old? She's 14. Okay. <laughs> uh, and yeah, she, could, yeah, she, she acts like she's 24, though. And uh, yeah, we just watched our shows. Uh, oh, we, we did finish. We did finish Fuller House. There's no more. Oh, Fuller okay. House. And uh, the uh, the the funny part of Fuller House that I don't think I've mentioned before is they they always give little fourth wall breaks to the Olsen twins who who refuse to be on the reboot. So like once every year or once every season they say something and they literally look at the camera. So it's not like it's not like just a joke. It's like a you know they're looking at it and saying, "Why didn't you do this?" So I I find that kind of interesting that they're they go after them. I don't know why they didn't do it. I have no idea. Because um, they're worth about a billion dollars and they don't yeah. need to. <laughs> Maybe that's why or whatever. Uh, I think and plus, people- I think they both they both uh, currently reside uh, overseas as well. I think. Yeah, I don't I don't know the reason, but uh, it's funny watching them pick on them. And uh, I know their I know their older brother. He's a buddy of mine, actually. Weirdly oh. enough. Oh, cool. So, uh, so yeah, we watched that, and I was I was away so last week, so I didn't. Uh, oh, that's right. How'd your trip to Philly go? Uh, not so good. <laughs> okay, moving uh, on. <laughs> yeah, cheesesteak though. I saw I saw you. Yeah, uh, I did see you in front of the cheesesteak. Yeah. Uh, that was that. That was the only good day. the The first day of the tournament, uh, I blew out my hamstring. Oh, you completely, you completely that. Well, you posted, I saw your post about it, but I didn't know if that was a follow-up to your previous discussion with us about your hamstring injury. Well, I tried to play after injuring it 10 days before I did all the right things. And then I started playing the first game and about five minutes in, I, I, I made a burst and I heard a loud audible pop and I knew I was done. That was it. uh, So I missed, I missed the whole tournament basically, but, uh, but yeah, that has nothing to do with our conversation here. But oh, uh, sorry, sorry to hear that. Yeah, but I didn't get, I didn't see, uh, didn't really get to watch anything uh, right. uh, besides our normal shows. But uh, that will change next week. I've got a bunch of stuff lined up to check out. Cool. Uh, Hassan, ouch, I'm hurt. <laughs> I gotta go back. I'm going back to the hospital. I gotta go. Um, <laughs> let's see. Okay, so Shameless ended. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I'm a season. I'm about two seasons out from finishing it. Okay. So I made a, I made a concerted effort to try to. I maybe got in maybe uh, five episodes, and then I had to, you know. I think that's about how many episodes I've seen of that show. Of total, of eleven years. Yeah. Okay. All right. Eleven seasons. That. Eleven seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know how I got caught up in it. And what's her face I, left after nine, right? I believe so, yeah. Okay. I watched the episode of Invincible, watched the latest episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier. 
I watched a documentary. Don't remember it. I uh, don't remember the name of it on uh, Netflix about um, art theft. Someone stole oh, art. For, yeah, but I forget yes. the name of it. The one, but that, it was, the one that just dropped last week. The one. Right. I yeah. see that. I think our yeah. studio building might be in that. I've heard some. It could be. Our, oh, yeah, yeah. Fun. I'm I think it's in, it's in. Is it in Chicago? I forgot what it, I don't even remember the location was. Like, there's so much. There's so much information in it that I just kind of spaced out and just started taking in the details of you know stuff. And slight spoiler for the documentary: they don't really. It's not solved. The mystery is oh, not solved. No, no, because yeah. there's, there's a standing ten million dollar reward yeah. for the events leading to finding who did it. Yeah. Yeah, so you spend most of the documentary just pointing fingers, like you yourself, while you're watching. It's like, yeah, that guy. Oh, no, no, it was totally yeah, that guy. totally that guy. Yeah, so. That's like that neighbor on Middle documentary. They did the same thing. The guy made it about his mother getting killed. And then at the oh, end, yeah, like, yeah. he's like, oh, if you ever figure it out, I'll make another documentary. And that was he a could, terrible He terrible. got close to, at the end, he sort of got close to pointing a finger at someone. Oh. And then they they didn't they didn't they it's like was someone else was someone else was killed recently and it was around the same time that his mother was killed. So he was starting he was starting to tie some strings together. And then at the very end he just pulled back completely and said, Well we'll you may never know. And then they rolled the credits and then you <laughs> threw your shoe at the television after all the five or six episodes that you wasted your time with. Huh. I don't know. It, it, some for some people it's a waste. For some other people it's entertainment. I don't know. I started watching and I got to season three, um, episode three, in Peaky Blinders. Um, oh, and I don't nice. even remember why I started watching it. I just kind of just fell I into it. it last week. It could be okay. It could be subliminally what that was, and I just went to it because I was uh, starved for something to watch, which is strange if you hear the rest of the stuff that I was watching. I did. <laughs> I did watch the 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 Winter Soldier, so Captain America, Winter Soldier again, um, and then I, that led right into me watching Civil War again. Mm. Uh, saw the latest episode of Clarice. I saw the latest episode of The Equalizer, um, both of which are in hiatus now. So if you guys are going to try to catch up on that, this this is around the time. So, so there's how many total episodes of Clarice that are out? Five or six? Six, I think. Okay. Um. I watched uh, Godzilla versus King Kong again. Oh my goodness! Again, Sorry. no wonder yeah, you went to the hospital. Yeah, <sighs> the first episode of the Nevers. Ooh, oh, how? Oh, I want to hear what you thought of that. I haven't seen it yet, so don't spoil it. Just does it suck? There's not enough information in episode one to know whether it sucks or not. Mm-hmm. Okay, Fair it's enough. intriguing. I want to see it. I want. I do want to see it. Lead is an actress that I really like, whose name I don't remember right now off the okay. off the top of my head. So, I mean, it's good. There's a lot of Whedonisms in it, and I don't like Joss Whedon at all. I, I and I haven't liked him since before he fell out of favor. You're not a Buffy fan at all. Uh, I was partly part of the way until I until I became very familiar with his formulaic uh, form of storytelling, and then got tired of it really quickly. That's the long and the short of it. <laughs> you like Buffy Whitney? I loved Buffy. Yeah, me too. I really I loved Angel. Well, the thing about a yeah, lot I of Whedon shows is I liked Angel more than Buffy as a Yeah, for it, like both of those shows just like ignore the first season. 
But then like starting <laughs> season two, they get great. And oh, yeah. you know, I liked uh, I liked Firefly too. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Dug them okay. all. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking forward. Fair. Do, do we know how many episodes the Nevers is? Is it ten? Six. Oh, it's only six. Okay. Six, mm-hmm. and then it takes a break, and then there's six more. I think with a oh, different okay. showrunner. Oh, good. Oh, right. Okay. Or are there six? Or maybe it's three with Whedon, three with the different show. I don't remember. Maybe, yeah. I think it's. I, I think I saw. I looked up, and there was only six that okay. I saw. I don't know, but it could go on hiatus, come back. But HBO yeah. doesn't really do that that often. HBO will make us wait a year for uh, whatever the next. I'm just surprised that they only chose to, to do such a short season. If they're I doing. I feel like it is. I want to say that it's six and it's going to take a break. And then when it's the next six, Whedon is not associated with. Right. And how, yeah. Okay. Um, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I will finish the QAnon episodes on uh, the HBO Max. <laughs> You're not and, a believer uh, anymore now, right? Yes, I'm <laughs> cured now. Good. I'm no longer... Glad it no took longer, a documentary to get you to that point. Yeah, I'm no longer <laughs> afflicted with my utter, uh, you know, devotion to a, a letter in the alphabet. I watched the Pacific Rim animated series on Netflix. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then I watched, for some reason, I watched Pee Wee's Big Adventure. I don't know. I was compelled to do that. There was a strange... <laughs> Uh, uh, compulsion to the and then uh, you know a movie called A Woman Under the Influence. Go, go um, right? Yeah, I guess maybe maybe we could talk about that and wonder yeah. why I did that. We, we probably but, should. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so what about the controversy on uh, on Shameless, the finale not having uh, what's her name? Oh, ah! <laughs> well, I mean. <laughs> Okay, I haven't finished it yet. What are you doing? Oh uh, no! Oh uh, no! Dude, what the? <laughs> what in the balls? I thought you said doing? you watched it. I didn't no, I did not say that. I said I was trying. I'm doing my best to cycle through them, and I got five episodes in. But well, okay, hopefully that won't ruin the ending for you. Maybe it will. Maybe I'll just be quiet. <laughs> and the Giants didn't win the Super Bowl. Right on. So we've uh, we've suffered enough, and we will move on. We will go right into Whitney's first film choice, A Woman Under the Influence. This is Mabel. Come on out here, honey. For you know everybody, this is Mabel for everybody. Mabel! 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 Mabel's not crazy. She's unusual. Tell me what you want me to be, how you want me to be. I can be that. I can be anything. You tell me, Nikki. I've so many faces. I like your friends. I know it. I know that. I'm not one of those stiffs that you like with their noses up in the air. And boom, boom, with their noses up in the air. Billy was looking at you this way. Hey, look, you don't do any harm. I love you. From 1974, directed by John Cassavetes, with a running time of 155 minutes, 
a housewife in the 70s who exhibits quote-unquote odd behavior is committed for a short time by her family and her husband must deal with the aftermath and eventual return of his wife to their home after a short time away. Whitney, why did you oh, pick man, Woman Under the Influence? That is, that is the tamest <laughs> summation of that movie I've ever heard. Okay. <laughs> well, oh my goodness. Why did I pick this movie? I don't know. I've come... I've seen it a few times and I've seen it. I think the first time I've seen it, I was in my twenties when I was kind of just discovering Cassavetti's movies. And then I saw it again in my thirties. And now I believe this is the first time I've seen it in my forties. And now it's interesting to watch because at each time I feel like I get some different from it i take i have a different takeaway and uh you know now when i'm watching it it's like i'm the same age as i think as jenna rollins when she give or take yeah filmed it and you know my kids around the age of you know the kids in the movie and so i i was i kind of wanted to watch it again i also picked it because i figured like I, I I just guessed that maybe none of you had seen it before, but I might be wrong. <laughs> uh, I definitely had not. And um, but also, yeah, I, I don't know. I keep coming back to it. It's it's my favorite Cassavetes movie. In fact, several years ago, I was on Turner Classic Movies and I did an introduction for this movie with yeah, fun. Uh, the late Robert Osborne, which was which was cool. So, yeah, it had been a few years since I'd watched it, but I thought this is probably something that nobody else had picked on this podcast before. No, definitely no one else had picked it. I'm curious as to as to why. Why do you think it resonates with you or each? You know, why? Why did you just because of Cassavetes or just because, you know, what, what what about the film grabs you? Oh, well, I mean, well, I, I the the performances I love i mean now it's interesting watching it as a mother it's uh i feel very uh, maybe a little too close to (laughs) mabel in these (laughs) pandemic times i feel like i have (laughs) veered on like uh coming going into mabel territory um (laughs) let's hope not yeah (laughs) um yeah and and I don't know. I just, and it's still kind of just startling every time I see it to me, like um, just to see a a woman acting this way on screen, like a woman of this age going through this. And it's, it's just really, it's mesmerizing, but it's also, you know, somewhat of an endurance to get, get through the whole thing. (laughs) <laughs> which is, i think is kind of the the point and also when i watch it i mean we have whatever we have lots to talk about but you know i it, every time i watch it i it does make me think like hmm how important is plot in a movie could because really there's not too much plot in here you know and and i think sometimes maybe it's just not that important that maybe the the experience of i don't know it, it is I don't disagree. I, I definitely uh, would agree that you know, you know, this. I I think that this clearly falls into the category of of the slice of life film, but it's normally I would go first and then go into each of our kind of individual thoughts on it before we kind of 
round table it as best we can. But uh, I'm actually going to defer and let Latham go first on this one. Latham, had you seen this before? No, I, I had not. In fact, uh, when I was in film school and started seeing stuff by different directors and, you know, we had people that I knew at college and we started to know each other's likes. Uh, a, a friend of mine at college told me what, well, you know, we, we were talking about Cassavetes and he, and he told me, I know you're not going to like Cassavetes. Don't bother watching any of his <laughs> movies. And so I didn't. I know wow. the first Cassavetes movie I've ever seen. This yeah. is? This is, yeah. You didn't, you hadn't seen Gloria. Nope. Because I'd at least had seen Gloria because that of all of his films, I didn't see his final film. But I think Gloria, to me anyway, and I've only seen this in Gloria, so I can't really compare it to the rest of his body of work. But I just feel that the differences between this film and watching the film Gloria is Gloria feels much more, I don't want to say commercial, but it feels more like a regular movie yeah. that you would see. And you don't I don't think that it necessarily it made it it retains certain aspects of what I think people love about Cassavetes and his filmmaking. But I think that it also was, he had shifted enough into the ability to make a much more accessible film by a larger audience. Ah, that's a good point. But anyway, sorry, go ahead. Uh, so I, you know, this first, first watch for me, anything Cassavetes and any of his movies. Well, my friend was sort of right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I uh, He's kind of, I don't know. I don't like directors that film a lot in close up and go back and forth to get the emotions of the actors. I, I, I just, the technique doesn't resonate with me. I get why they've chosen to do that. They want to just showcase the actor or the actress on, on film. But as a viewer, it just, it, it, it makes me lose interest. He he kind of reminds me of Robert Altman, but with much less interesting stories because Altman directs very in a very similar way, I think. And I just, I mean, maybe his other movie, you know, I can't speak for his other movies. I've only seen this one, but I don't know. I, I guess, I, you know, we always talk about when we watch a movie, we try and remember the context of when it came out, time period, yep. all of that. So for me... I had to do that with this because for the first hour of the movie, all I was thinking is if, if this woman existed right now, they just give her a pill and she'd be fine. And I, I, you know, I, I, and I'm a big proponent of psychiatric medicine and I just wanted to say, just give her a pill, just give her a pill. But you know, they, nothing like that existed back then. So this was, either a plot device or someone he had encountered in his life. Obviously Gina Rollins wasn't like this in real life. I'm assuming she wasn't. So I, I just, at least for the first part of the movie, the first half, I, I, I couldn't sympathize with her. I didn't find her interesting. I didn't find anything that was going on interesting. I didn't, the, the scene with the spaghetti dinner, I, I just wanted to cut my head off. I, I really- Oh my gosh. I really just could not get into what was going on in that scene. And I, you know, I get it. I get that the acting in this movie is great and it's consistent throughout. And that's very difficult for someone to play a character that, you know, deep and, and troubled and, uh, and, you know, play it consistently the whole way. And it, she won best actress for this. Correct. 
I think the Oscar. Uh, no, she, she was, was nominated. 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 Was nominated. Okay. Yeah, her and her and Cassavetti, and he was nominated. He was nominated for best director, but the film wasn't up for best picture. Yeah, that's that. Actually, that makes sense. I mean, it's he's basically an auteur, right? So yes, sticking sticking to what he feels is the best way to tell a story, and you know, it's hard to it's hard to tell a story like that to have these these shots where they're in close up and then you go to another character and then back. I mean, that's difficult to shoot and to make it look the way you want it to look. So that's also partly a cinematographer and also him, but it's a little claustrophobic at time after a while too. Cause you're just like, you're so much, you're it's like, you're in these people's space and you're just like, okay, just back, just back up. Like, like like six or eight inches just to oh, i love it though a lot of you know some directors like it and some some people watching it like it too and um that uh it's just i don't know it, i guess maybe it's in a, this movie's an acquired taste maybe like if i watched it a couple more times or whatever i'd i'd get it or get more of what's going on but steve's definitely right it, it's it's basically a slice of life and you're either going to like, you know, be interested in this this char- character's slice of life or you're not going to be interested. And I just never, it, it never resonated with, with me at any point. And by the time it was over, I, I just didn't care that much. I, you know, I, I recognize it's it's a decent drama, but I would probably never watch it, never watch it again. Yeah, I mean they they both definitely act their act their hearts out. I mean that's that's no there's no question there that they're both you know they're both doing you know yeoman's work here. But I mean there's you know and I think that's one of the things that makes people especially of that time period era with you know film, young filmmakers were really looking up to Cassavetes as a as a filmmaker. And I think that's one of the things is because of his absolute unwillingness to to veer away from anything that might be uncomfortable. Like he almost goes out of his way to make sure that everything is out there. Cause you know, maybe he felt that like making movies was just too much, like just showing you the highlights. And it's like, no, you need to see everything. You need to see all the stuff that's not comfortable and painful and all the, the, you know, the, the gritty underbelly, if you want uh, of everything that goes on as well. And I think that's probably where, where the idea that, you know, people, gave him that kind of kind of raised him up to that level because he was he was willing to do that damn the torpedoes in full speed ahead he didn't care he was just like i'm doing it because that's the way i think it should be done you know and and some of the stories i was i found out about how he he put this film together and you know if you want to even call it marketed it I, i you know i mean this film was shot two years before he was actually able to get it out um no 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 studio would buy it he ended up literally walking from theater to theater in New York with the real, the film cans in his hands, like trying to get theaters to schedule showings of the film. And that's how basically he ended up getting this movie out there. And by the end of the, by the end of the day, he ended up spending almost $750,000 of his own money to make back $12 million worldwide of completely self-financed, like screenings and showings of this film worldwide. Like he would take the film overseas to like to Germany and get it shown at German film festivals and, you know, and, 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 and England and France and Spain, wherever they could get film festivals, he could get into, he would take the film there and do it. So, I mean, this guy was like, this guy was like the absolute 
you know, the absolute uh, definition of independent filmmaker. You know, we had that discussion the other weekend about independent filmmaking with Darren. And, you know, I mean, there's no doubt that this guy is, I mean, defines it at every level. I mean, even to the point of, like I said, you know, he's, he's taken the movie himself, a physical copy of the print of the film, which in those days, I mean, first of all, a two and a half hour movie is going to be what, <laughs> 60 or 70 pounds of, of film. I yeah, mean, I don't know how he's lugging that around without a wagon. Yeah, <laughs> he's, got, he's got the he's got the radio flyer dragging behind him yeah. down down Forty Second Street. Hassan, oh well. Yeah. Oh, what? One, Go ahead. One other thing that just bothered me. Oh, and maybe I just didn't get it, and maybe Whitney can correct me here. So, plot wise, the first the movie starts off, and and Peter Falk's gonna be stuck out fixing the water main at night. So. You know, she go she goes out, she meets guy at the bar, they come home, then it's the next morning, and then later on they come, he brings all the guys over and they have dinner, and now we're at dinner again the next day. And it well, just I think they're eating spaghetti like and I, I assume they're eating spaghetti in the morning. Or earlier, you know, it's after the shift. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was thinking like late morning or lunch, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And then, I don't know, I thought there was some other reference to night after that. And then we were already at the next morning. It just, the way it was, maybe I missed something, but it just didn't seem like it It made sense time-wise. But it's a small detail. If there's, a, there's a little, you're correct, because I felt the same way about it. I caught that same instance you're talking about, because I, I was watching it, and I, and I noticed that they're like, after they, they kicked everybody out, then they kind of looked like they were laying down, but then the next thing it was, it was daylight again, but they don't really define whether or not it's a whole night has passed or if it's just that afternoon. And then the mom is bringing the kids back. And then right. he, and there's that one shot of them in bed. It's a quick shot. Right. Where he tracks in very slowly. And it, it looked like night to me. It looked like that yes. was night. I agree. And, and then, and then suddenly it was the night, then it's, them wake it was yeah because it was night then they faded out and he faded it or he cut to the next morning and it was sunlight and in the morning and that that just threw me out at that point i was like i i'm lost i don't know where we are in the timeline so i i get that that's not i get that that's not the point of the movie at all but it stuff like that just just bugs me a little bit so yeah there was there was a couple there's not many there wasn't many of those types of things but yeah i definitely it definitely stuck out to me as well that one thing when it happened it stuck out to me i mean there's i mean the intensity of what's going on pretty consistently throughout this movie is is such that the stuff like that that sticks off to the side doesn't grab you for very long because very quickly you're pulled back into whatever emotional explosion is happening on screen at that next two minutes later but exactly um, yeah. I, I did find it interesting that i think that they used that sort of uh her sleeping with the random guy at the bar getting picked up at the bar at the, at the beginning to sort of set the table for for her quote unquote craziness but you know and then obviously when she came out you know she's like calling him her husband's name and you know and but i i have another thought about that which i'll circle back to yeah i mean that, is is that even definitive that they slept together what what's the defining moment when he's putting on his clothes or i mean she at the last time before they go to the bed she's like 
she wants him off of her. Off of her. I didn't. Right, but I think when yeah. the, in the next morning when he's walking around and talking about how they spent the night together, I don't. I don't really. I guess think... he wouldn't have stayed there otherwise, right? Yeah, I think that's. Yeah. I think that's probably to be assumed that they yeah, that, that right. they were that they slept together, especially for the time period. Yeah. So. Yeah, but uh, Hassan, what, what did you? Uh, what did you think of a woman under the influence? Oh my gosh. What's coming? He <laughs> always dramatic pauses. <laughs> so dramatic. It's okay. It's okay. Cause I cut it all out in editing anyway. So it's fine. <laughs> oh no. You gotta leave that in. That's great. <laughs> Funny. Actually just the brain short circuiting <laughs> to try to figure out exactly how to open a, an, an onslaught of, uh, of emotional you know, verbal vomit because I don't know. This movie just like it's two and a half hours of fucking anger for me. I'm I suppose it was well acted. I suppose it was, uh, I mean, there's, there's, you know, it was well written. There's good stuff in it, but I just wanted to pick Peter Falk up and, and throw him off a building all the way back to the beginning. You know, if you know you have, if you're, if you're, you're married to someone who you consider to be weird or inexplicably quirky because they didn't have the 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 medical knowledge and the and the and the and the education back then to be able to diagnose what is obviously um, either bipolar or bipolar um, sure. sorry bipolar for sure yeah yeah or you know like a you know personality disorder you know to to some extent in order to just diagnose it properly. And you and you just think the person is like just quirky, crazy, and obviously she was f- predominantly functional. If he was married to her long enough for them to have kids and to be, you know, uh, in this in a relationship, because if it was that volatile, if it was as volatile as the two and a half hours of movie we watched from the beginning, they w- that would have never been a uh, a functional household. So if you know this uh, about this person. Fucking call her and say I'm not going to be home. You know, like it's from the start. It's um, I I know that she's messed up. Well, he does. He does. He. he does. You know how long it takes late. him to call her? Right. Too late. Yeah. You right. know, by the time he calls well, her, she's you know, like, he, just, he doesn't have a cell phone. So I mean, he asks what he says. How can? Because the guy says you can call her, and he says, "How am I supposed to call her?" He says, "How am I supposed to call her? She's already given the kids away." That's, right. that's his reason for not calling. Not, yeah, he not, didn't want to, no, he was stuck. He didn't know what to do. He was he had blown right. it again. All right. Okay. It's it's a, he's already you know and there's there's a there's a number of trigger points that is that's mostly done by everybody around her is just completely ignorant or selfish and self centered, and her condition is an inconvenience to them, so they keep trying to correct her behavior to fit into the mold. Of whatever they got um, yeah. as as an ideal, you know, mother, wife, you know, person who runs a particular household, and it's just infuriating to watch. You know, it's infuriating to watch Peter Falk just yell at her and then smack her and then hit her, you know, and whatever. And then they send her away for six months while he does a fucking phenomenally shitty job of being a parent. Um, <laughs> All right. And helping those kids who cannot possibly understand what the fuck is going on. You don't think uh, get, giving the kids be, getting them drunk is uh, appropriate? 
Father of hey the Year. Guys. I mean, that was the only that was the only good thing he did. You know, that was the only respectable thing I felt. Let's that ride he did. the back of a truck his... and drink beer. Yeah, yeah. Holy, holy cow! You know, and yeah. you just watching this is like, you know, I understand. Like, it's I don't know if that was the point of Cassavetes. Like, you know, we're gonna call it a woman under the influence. As though, you know, like, yeah, man, this is what happens when like these chicks go nuts and like, you know nobody understands about it and then everything goes nuts. But or, or is he trying to say? Yeah, she's got problems, but look at the rest of these fucking people, you know? Well, look listen, how bad word, these people are. Word for word, one of my notes is, is how does anyone walk away from this film and not feel that the father is just as absolutely messed up and culpable in this relationship yes. as she is considered to be? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's and the mother and the guy and the father's the, the father's mother who is a oh god who's a monster, right? Yes, and absolutely. You know, so like he's got this whole party, which is a bad idea, you know, for someone who's got a person, you know, so he's got a party of about 50 people. She kicks them all out so that they can only have family. And then all the family does is accuse her of shit when she gets to the house. Right. It's it. The whole movie is like this. And then it ends when they go to bed. And then they so go to fuck bed. this film. Uh, <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm, I'm never going to be invited uh, back on this podcast. I, I just, I just, uh, uh, it's, it's not this is you. It's not a where we tell thing. Whitney we're glad we watched it, though. We're glad we watched it. I'm not glad movie, I watched it. I, but we're I glad we watched it. I'm not it, happy I watched it at all because okay, it's like, it's, <laughs> it's one of these situations where uh, it's a trigger point for me. I don't like when people mis- misuse other people. And, right. and and there's no there's no correction to it. There's well, no there's payoff. there's no yeah there's no direct uh, reference in the narrative that this person is wrong. Like like it could you you could you could get you could deduce that the film thinks Peter Falk's character is correct. You know. Oh, clearly. And especially in 1974, or whatever, whenever this movie was right. Made. So like. To watching it in 2021 right you're like holy shit you know like this is you know and i mean those those kids are messed up you know so who so their kids are going to be messed up and it's just going to be you're just watching <laughs> you're just watching a succession of, of yeah a succession of terribleness and so no or poor little maria who's always either naked or wearing a dress that's way too small that's a great po- that's a great point right there this is a movie that's considered very feminist and at the time was, you know, outside the box feminist too. So I, I don't, it, it's, it's, I wish it, I wish I liked it more because of that, but it's, it's a feminist movie made by a man though. Well, that's true. Which, but, which usually are not very good feminist yeah, movies. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he literally starts the movie with all the men in the muck wading through the <laughs> wading through the dirty water i mean that's that's how the the men in this movie are introduced so i mean he he definitely was trying to make some points with with the store with i, will, I won't say story because there's no story here but it, with with the uh with the characters in this so i mean i will say a few things one one thing that i think makes me more even more interested in the movie is just knowing all of the like thinking about the the family, the dynamics in the back, in the making of the movie, the fact that Cassavetes is writing, is directing his wife, 
in the lead role right. on screen is endlessly fascinating to yep. me, sure. you know, and one of his best friends is playing her husband and his own mother is playing her mother-in-law and her mother is playing her mother in the movie. And I, <laughs> I think, you know, even the kids are like, you know, their friends, kids. Oh, yeah. like, it's all like this, that that just adds this other layer of like, oh my gosh. And just the idea, like last night I was thinking just the directing these children in all of these, you know, insane scenes where like Peter Falk is saying he's going to kill, you know, his wife and then he's going to kill the and, and Yeah. Some of those so, outbursts and are just like, you're shaking your head. Like what, what is happening here? And then they're just like, well, well let's go to bed. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, how else could you like? If you have, a, if you were slightly, I mean, I understand that the 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 piece itself is a commentary on the age that it was made in. It's a you know, it's a fine piece of art, but the feelings it leaves you with is just you know that right. I can't ignore that either. I'm like, this is fucked. Like this this whole situation is fine. There's no help. Like even the doctor is a piece of shit. You know. <laughs> So I mean, oh, I, wanted to, I wanted to beat that guy. Yeah. Oh, so I mean, gosh. like a rented mule. That means there's no help oh, here. Doing a good job. And you don't know what happened. It's like what happened to her in that six months. Well, she sort of describes a little bit. You know that she was in like electroshock therapy, and she was probably heavily drugged. And then you know. She- yeah, I'm. I'm actually really. I was actually one of the things I thought about at the end when when she comes back from the experience. I was actually really happy that they ever. They never even. They never even attempted to sort of broach that subject on screen. Like, I was really happy that, like, she left. You were stuck with the family going through the problems that he was having and his trying to replace her. And then and then six months later and she comes back, you know, and and I liked that they didn't try to go and tell that other story like it could she could just like well you know our my day would normally begin with this and this and like you said they would mention a few of the things that happened to her but for the most part you're just sort of left with you know she was in this sanitarium or wherever people would go at that time for you know six months and it i mean for all intents and purposes you know regardless of what the doctor said and how oh yeah she's good and she was checked out and everything's fine she doesn't really appear to be you know, acting all that different when she gets home. Oh, not at all. And then, you know, and then unless it's a fact of, you know, you're, you're led to believe that basically any, any sort of progress that was made with her mentally, if at all in that six months is all just completely thrown out the window. The minute she sits down with that family and this sort of the way everyone sort of is quote unquote treating her or however you want to look at it. But yeah, I don't really, it doesn't really feel at the end of the day, like nothing has been resolved. Nothing is, nothing is. No, uh, no, no. And the family and they see him acting insane and screaming and saying horrible things to her and being, you know, just as bad of a, of a parent and a, a, and a person. And of course there's never any thought that he might need anything at all. You know, like there's no doctor coming for him. There's no like help for him. But it's almost like it's in some ways his point of view, his story, because you do see the whole movie opens with him and what he's doing on the job. And you learn all about, you know, what his life is like. Right. And then you don't really understand what her life. You don't know anything about what her life was like before, because I think, you know, we're it's assumed that she's had a psychotic break, you know, like I think that 
there was some, I would assume there's some normalcy. And then this is just, she's, this is not how marriage has always been. Like it, it was a breaking point, but yeah, you never learn anything about her or what, who she was or what she's interested in. And even at one point, um, and yeah, no, we never see what happens in that six months. And then there's like a scene where she's talking to the kids on the steps and she says something like the only thing I ever did was the only like thing I ever did in my life was have, have you it was make you yep. and make you and make you yep. right. Right. And the, and the thing is, is I thought strangely enough, I thought that her behavior, the way it was showcased before she gets sent away was actually in a way less quirky than where she ends up standing on the couch yeah. yeah, because none of that treatment works. If anything, it would just ended up being making the situation worse. Yeah, because none of that treatment freaking works. Yeah. It did none of that stuff was work. It, it it was always aggressive. It was always a tra- in in an attempt to force a regression into you. It wasn't trying to correct you. It wasn't trying to help you reason with uh, you know whatever you know strong notions you come across. It was always trying to get you to go back into your box and act like a robot. And so what what tended to happen was it just made people worse because, you know, they were they would regress temporarily. And then when they tried to put them back out into into the wild, whatever was wrong with them would come back out stronger, you know, whatever. And it's it's almost like when she returns, it's like she's also on top of it all terrified of being sent back there. So she's, trying she's terrified so of being sent back to be normal. You know what she thinks is or has been conditioned and to think is normal. Everybody there is so wired for sound that they're virtually psychotic, you know, just in anticipation of whatever she's going to do or say, which is not a pleasant atmosphere for someone who is already, you know, has uh, associative issues to, 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 to walk into. So she comes, she gets out of the hospital into a car they take her straight to this house where in the street there's 50 or 60 of her friends yeah, yeah. Who, are, who are inexplicably leaving but decide that they need to stick their heads into the car and say something to her before they before they peace out right and then and then they they take her into this house where the mother is already agitated because she's had to kick everybody out right Peter Falk is embarrassed because he made a mistake and inv- invited all these people here and then he was shamed in front of all of them by his own mother so he's got his own, uh, you know, manhood issues that are, you know, on display right there. And then, then here comes the lightning rod who's about to walk in and just absorb all this emotional energy and then freak the fuck out as she does and then get beat up for it until she, until she starts cutting herself and then they go to bed. So fuck the film. <laughs> yeah, Peter Fuck, like throughout the whole movie, it's like his character, like uh his character thinks everything can be um, solved with a party. Like, oh, I didn't come home last night. I'm going to bring all the guys from work over. Yeah, it's going right. to be awesome. Uh, Wait, we're going to take the shield. kids to the beach, have a part. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. you know, they were told they were totally a shield. They were yeah, totally like, 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 I can't get through this yep. situation. So I'm going to bring all my friends and make it uncomfortable. Yeah. Yep. And then it backfires and he's got to yell at her. So, I mean, he. I'm telling you, he's this movie was made to make men look awful. It really was. And that's how it feels when I'm watching it. And they probably oh. deserve, they probably deserve to be. They probably deserve to be. Uh, that that's a that's uh, I, I that's don't a know bit, about that. Uh, that's a bit bit a little a little bit too over 
overcompensating, but I mean, I, 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 that's, I, not me. I, that's essays on the internet that have dissected this movie. I'm not even, okay. I'm just not saying even my that, idea. So I, I mean, know. I think it makes people, people look awful. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. Gina Rowland's character is if she's mentally ill, what does she have fault for here? I mean, not absolutely nothing. I mean, it's not, oh, no, I don't know if it's a fault or not fault type situation. I mean, you got terrible. I mean. I I, oh, okay. Well, Peter. Yeah. But you got, you, I mean, you hated it. Yeah. But you, but you've got terrible other people. Her, his, his mother is terrible. You know, his, his, her, her mother is terrible because she's, she knows her daughter is afflicted, you know, really badly. And all she, and you see how she's been, she's basically been regressed to the point of just obedience. Like, you know, her, the, the way she's talking to her mother at the beginning of, you know, don't, don't fuck around. Don't, don't let, don't let one of them bleed and, and not call me. Don't fuck this up. <laughs> You know, and that's what I'm like. That's your mom. You're talking to your mom like that. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I don't know. I think you right. had a different point of view on mental illness back then. I mean, I don't think it was anywhere near 50 years later or whatever, almost 50 years later, where it is now. And they, you know, a lot of people would have mentally ill children that are grown adults. And, you know, what, what are they supposed to do? I mean, but she knows something is wrong with yeah. her daughter because she says that, you know, she, she's, she's one of the. She, She's one of the components in the in the later aspects of the yeah. film, even though she's very docile. So, yeah, it's you know, I, she's not a help is, is what no, I'm saying. She doesn't she doesn't. Help, but Peter Falk is the antagonist. I mean, the antagonist. Everything he does is is awful in this movie. I, don't, I got I feel like uh, it felt like a very pandemic, like a very <laughs> the timing was appropriate when I was watching. And I was like, oh, it's it's claustrophobic. I yeah, feel very sure. claustrophobic. You feel the the stress, like heavy stress of like uh, of work, of I'm sure money, uh, at a, a child care. Like it's like every single stress is on them so so heavily. It's like how can someone not snap and all that? Imagine if this was the first movie you went to see at a theater after the pandemic ended. You would just be like. <laughs> Fuck this! I'm not going to movies anymore. Well, and, and and another thing too about that, and I think that that's you know if if you hadn't had Jenna Rollins and Peter Falk in this movie, you know, two actors who you arguably recognized, uh, and you just had two other non well known actors in those spots, you could watch this, and it I mean at times it would almost feel like you were watching a documentary. It's the way that it's shot so sort of just matter of fact. And Peter Falk mentioned in an interview that he did with Jenna Rollins years later after uh, John had passed away that that he used to shoot stuff. He would start shooting a scene and he wouldn't tell them that he was shooting already. And then they, they would just say, hey, let's go ahead and try this. But he would be rolling the cameras on what they were doing so that even, you know, Cause like there's a shot in there where, where the doctor, you know, gives her the shot right before they get her committed. And there's a reaction shot from Peter Falk because he didn't know it was coming. And that was one of those, that's what he said. That was one of those scenes where John was shooting. He was, and I had no idea he was actually shooting yet. I thought we were just doing like a little walkthrough of the scene. And he was, so yeah. it was like, you know, he was, he was pulling, you know, little gorilla yeah, tricks out of his yeah. bag back then. I hate those things. I hate stories <laughs> like that. I'm I really not a fan do. of that either. I, but, um, I think it's I think it's cheap. I think it's, I mean, if, if unless your whole movie is that way, I I don't know. That's just that seems like a cheap way to get what you need. Okay. Um, 
but I will say, in spite of all of it, <laughs> in the spite experience, of fuck this movie. Yeah, in spite yeah, of well, this movie. movie. The experience of watching it was was a good one. You know, there you go. Um, oh. Good job, buddy. Good job. Oh my god, <laughs> uh, it's a good backtrack, Whitney. Come on, give him some credit for that one. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm just telling the truth. I, it was a good experience watching it. I didn't like the movie, you know, but but right. watching the movie and knowing exactly what it, being able to identify specifically what I liked and what I disliked about a movie is it just helps you, uh, you know, analyze other films and stuff like that. And I never blame. The the right. uh, the guest who brings the movie, you know, oh, with, right. with the exception of one. Uh, yeah, that's right. Which which, which which we know about, <laughs> which will continue to maintain its spot until he sees something more awful than it. So. Well, part of the reason that I picked it is because I knew most people. I knew you'd have a strong opinion about it. I thought it might be negative, but that made me <laughs> want to pick it even yeah, more. It, and but, and I'll say, while I didn't, you know, I don't. You know, I, I read up a little bit about the movie before I saw it as far, and I know that it's held in very high esteem. Thank you. It's not a movie I'll probably revisit, but I am definitely glad I saw it. Uh, and I'll be actually, it actually makes me more interested in watching more Cassavetti stuff because I'll be curious because I know, knowing sort of where he ended up with Gloria and sort of where he started, not started because this isn't his first film, but. I'm kind of interested in seeing some of those other ones. I, I I was looking at the just the just the kind of really the cursory overviews of some of his other films. The man is certainly not shy of making two hour plus movies for an independent filmmaker. I mean, all yeah, of his movies, except for one, are all more all over two hours. Why was this movie two and a half hours? Like, why was and it two and a half hours? Because the spaghetti scene is an hour and ten the- minutes. That's why. <laughs> Spaghetti brunches an hour in itself. <laughs> well, you do feel like you've been through something after oh, you. That's very after true. You've no, watched that. it, and I you will know, say, I don't need to. I don't need to be through. I don't need to have been put through getting slapped around because my brain doesn't work right. You know, like that's. <laughs> you can't say it wasn't a visceral experience. That's for sure. And I, I honestly kind of like a movie because this is a play. I mean, it's in very yeah, confined a spaces. Play. I yeah. think that it was originally supposed Cassavetti's to be a play. wrote it as a stage play, and Jenna told him, you should make this into a screenplay. She's like, because doing this eight times a week will kill yeah, someone. Yes. How could you? There's no way you could do that every night. Yeah. True. But yeah, I, it is. It's so intimate. It is like you're you're watching a play. And this is, uh, you know, for people who don't know, um, uh, this is one of 11 films that John Cassavetes and Jenna Rollins made together. Uh, in their lifetime and they were uh, I don't know when exactly they got together in his sort of I, I mean I knew John Cassavetes when I was growing up I knew him much more as an actor obviously than a filmmaker because his films were definitely not on my radar for viewing as a kid at all and it wasn't until Gloria came out actually that I even you know knew that he made films and then I only found out obviously in later years that you know how kind of people viewed him I remember Gloria I saw Gloria when I was a kid yeah, it's it's a it's kind yeah. of a fun little kind of very kind of unknown little action movie, yeah. you know. This uh, you know, woman takes over with this kid and he tries to keep him away from the mob, you know. It's yeah, a, it's a cool pretty simple movie, and she's pretty and sure. she's great in that too, yeah. you know. And by then she's probably what in her fifties, maybe 50s, yeah, mid to late fifties at that point, and then and she's fantastic. So, but yeah, so uh, you know, I I, I enjoyed 
the film overall. I enjoyed the, you know, as, as Hassan likes to say, I enjoyed the experience of watching it more than I think I probably enjoyed the film. I mean, hmm. after I got done watching, I was just kind of, I mean, my literally the very first note I wrote was what a fucking shit show. Uh, and that's where I was like, you know, that's when I was only like probably 45 minutes or an hour into the film. And, uh, so, but you know, obviously when it got to the end, I was able to, to correlate a, a few more coherent thoughts about it, but yeah, um, I thought I, you know, I came out of the hospital for this. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I did, after I watched it again, I was like, oh God, did I I should have picked like uh no, 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 no. no. I, mean, I, no. Seven. I really I gave you guys like a, a it's a, yeah, exactly. It's a great it's, it's not a, a it's not a contest, you know. It's not like you gotta yeah. you gotta bring in a movie that everybody likes, you know. It's that, just, yeah, it's, that's the point. It's movies yeah. that you like or have a have an affinity for, and that you know, and then we, you know, it, when you can when the situation arises where that film can become a new experience for us, uh, the more is the better as far as I'm concerned. And I feel like yeah. you'll remember it in some way. Oh, I'll right? remember this one. Right? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> sure, yeah. I, it's, well, there's it's no memorable. doubt about that. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a, you know, it's a piece of cinema history that people who watch yes. movies should see. I mean, it's whether you yeah. like it or not, it's an, it's an important movie. Indeed. And they, uh, uh, so, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Steve. No, I was just going to say, go ahead. Oh, you guys heard they made a sequel to this with uh, James oh. Spader, right? Oh, boy. Oh, a woman no. under a bad influence. Oh, no. Yeah, that's that's what yeah, it was called. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. All right. <laughs> and on that note, that's a woman under the influence. Yay. Um, so real quickly, um, how are we looking on time? Oh, we're good. Um, so real quickly, uh, what we do to wrap things up, Whitney, is we, we do a little thing called the Martini. Uh, where we discuss uh, uh, the filmmaker's body of work. Now, uh, with John Cassavetes, uh, admittedly, uh, by Latham, this is the only Cassavetes film he has seen. Uh, yep. I've seen, and, and Hassan, it appears, sounds like, that we've seen Gloria and this. Um, have you seen other Cassavetes films beyond I've, those? I've seen Opening Night, and I've seen Faces. Okay. And I think I've seen, I haven't, I don't know, I've seen Killing of a Chinese Boogie, but that was a long time ago. But yeah, that's I the mean, one this, I'm most interested in. This is the only, this is the one. Well, there's like a, um, or there was like a DVD set where you could get all of them and it came with like tons of extras, like a criterion oh, okay. set. Um, but I mean, this one's the one I've certainly seen the most times. Uh, so, uh, Whitney, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Oh. And Thank you so much for having me. This was super fun. I mean, look, it was fun for me. Oh, no, <laughs> listen, it we wasn't had fun all too. fun for you, but we, we <laughs> went on a journey together. That's right. That's right. Yes. And uh, so is there anything you'd like to uh, advertise or plug or anything? Uh, your, oh, pat sure. your Patreon or whatever? Oh, yeah, yeah. I Well, I do a, a weekly uh, pop culture newsletter, which is free, but you can also get more stuff and support my work at patreon.com slash Whitney Matheson. And then I also have, I'm, I write a lot of children's books for Epic, which is free through public schools and libraries. Oh, it's wow, a lot, nice. how a lot of kids are reading these days. So uh, getepic.com is where you can find them. And then um, I have a, I have many, I have several books coming out, um, including one on 
unicorn like i have a series about like myths and legends so it's like they're they're history books kind of very fun and i just finished one on uh atlantis oh very nice yes Mm -hmm. very cool awesome well again thanks very much for joining us and uh we would would love to have you back if you're game and uh of course of course i won't pick uh, every they'll both be 90 minutes Uh, (laughs) pick whatever you like don't be no no you pick whatever films you want that's the fun of this you should never uh you should never be trying to think that you have to make up for anything with us that's for sure because like you know hey i guess like i always say people are going to some stuff not everybody likes the same thing but you know this the the fact that we get to come on here and 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 talk about it is you know that's the that's the fun of it you know yeah so, i love it but uh, well, also i suggested you watch um the the first episode of the nevers okay. and then if you d- determine whether or not you it's something you want to see and then just wait five weeks and then binge the whole you know it'll be worth it. it yeah because i mean if you okay. if you wait all this time and then binge it and then realize you don't like it or you've you've heard so much crap about it over the you know that'll really mess with your your own first impression so get a first impression that's true and then and then watch it all right whitney and i'll uh i'll hit you up when this is going to go up and then you can pass it around and whatnot and uh yes of course and there you go so all right thanks so much and uh thank you uh Thanks to Festly and Music. Please check out our website at cinementalpod.com for all the poster images we discuss in our Down the Tube segments, but not this week. And don't forget to download and subscribe to Cinemental wherever you enjoy your podcast. You can always listen to new episodes at cinementalpod.com. Also, you can follow us on all major social media accounts at cinementalpod. For Asan Godwin, Latham Conger III, Whitney Matheson, and myself, we say thank you so much for listening. And as always, in the words of our friend and emotionally unstable housewife, Truman Burbank. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night.